Welcome to our Queen Things mini-season holiday special. I'm your host, Gloria Mangi. If you haven't listened to episode one of the holiday special, please go and do so because it is beyond lit. This mini season is our way of saying thank you after the incredible response from season one. And for this throne room special, I have the vibrant Abby Platchies who has beauty, brains, and a whole lot of spirit. People first came to know Abby on Big Brother Africa, where she was representing South Africa back in 03. But since then, Abby has taken the media world by storm and has done everything from hosting her own TV show to running businesses, a radio show, corporate events, and so much more. During our talk, Abby gave us insight into her life, her work, and her heart. So my queens and kings, let's step into the throne room. Step into the throne room with your host, Gloria Mangi. I have been fortunate to spend time with Ms. Abby, especially when we were working on the same radio station, and she usually speaks her mind, and today was no different. Oh my God, like right now, I'm sitting in the sun talking to you. I'm boiling and sweating as fuck, (laughs) but I will not get out of it. I think... You love the sun. I love the sun. I'm addicted to being in the sun and just the outdoors and water and the ocean and the sun and sun and sun and the sun. As a young child, Abby moved around a lot with her family and at one point had even gone to four different schools in one year. So that like makes me wonder though, moving around as much as you did when you're younger, did you have a hard time establishing friendships and relationships because of that? Or did it make you more social because of that? You know, I'm a very weird person. I never, for me, it was never about friends. That's why, you know, today, I literally, I'm not one of those people who keep in touch with friends that I had in high school, you know? Mm -hmm. I'm only, like, very recently finding them on on social media, and so are they finding me, you know? And then I have no problem, of course, being in touch. But it was never um, an issue for me. I guess I just somehow adapted to every environment that I was put into and I was comfortable um, being myself, can I say, in a very weird way. Like I was I was very much a loner. You know, I didn't mind hanging out on my own and being on my own and but that was like how do I say when I was uh, maybe under eight, up until I was eight or nine years old, 10 years old even. And then when we moved to, to Port Elizabeth, we lived with my grandma and my grandpa for a while. So I got to hang out with all of my cousins, which was really cool because we have quite a large family. And that became a constant in my life as opposed to friends at school, so to speak, you know? So Thank just you. to follow up with that, Um, Growing up in South Africa, what did you know or understand about your African heritage or culture when you're young and how it integrates with the Black experience as a whole or how you identify Um, with? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, 
Okay, I'm not too sure. I'm sh- no, actually, I know that you know you're aware of the colored race in South yeah. Africa, which is what I am or who I am. And uh, it's not, um, you know, our culture, we have a very particular culture where it's everybody is mixed and that's what made up the race that we are. We're the only race in the world identified as such. You know, you won't go anywhere else in the world and find, even in certain countries, actually being called colored is offensive. Whereas for us, it's actually, it's normal and it's it's an actual thing, you know. We have, we have cultures, we have traditions, we have lifestyles, <laughs> you know. So um, growing up in that environment, because we are a community, I didn't feel left out. I didn't feel prejudiced against. I did feel that way, of course, when we interacted with other races and I say that in with air quotes because um, I've never been one to particularly embrace the whole idea of race black white colored blue green like my parents never raised us that way my parents lived through the whole apartheid era I've seen them go through it I've seen what they've been through and my parents also being a mixed race couple did not have a very easy time you know, raising us and, of course, just living their life in South Africa. However, the beauty of my parents is that they never raised us to be prejudiced against anybody. Where We were raised in a home where, you know, you, you have to treat everybody the same. Nobody is different. You're not better than anybody else, you know. And just, be, just treat people the way you want to be treated, which I believe in a certain way helped me a lot but it also it also kind of confused me a lot because I was I always used to wonder like where does this love and this passion and this kindness come from when I see what you are physically going through when I see how you get treated in public when I you know I physically see it but they rose above all of that and because at the end of the day it does begin with the parents Love is something that we are born with. You know, it's it's ingrained in our DNA. It's there. Hate is something that you are taught. And my family, we were a very close-knit family. We, I mean, we had horrible times. We had the worst of times. I mean, my dad was out of work for years because of apartheid. And because he was the kind of man who just refused to shut his mouth about anything. So he wasn't going to back down to nobody, you know. So... I have to be honest, though, and say when I did go out into the big bad world, it was like, whoa, you know, because I'm like, that's when I started discovering myself in the sense of my colored pride. And especially when I started traveling through the rest of Africa, when everybody was asking me, so what's your mix? Where are you from? No, you must be mixed. And I'm just like, what is mixed? That's such a rude thing. And people would call me like 50-50 or 0.5. Oh, and I'm just like, yeah. I'm like, that's disgusting. Like, how can you say that? As opposed to, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm colored. I am yeah. colored. That's what I am, you know? And they're like, they're like that, that's when I realized the ignorance of the rest of the world and the ignorance of our people as well, you know? But that's the beauty of traveling, I guess, because you get to experience all of that and you have to really have an open mind to accept and not judge people and and also to teach. As much as you learn, you have to be willing to teach, you know, and and I I don't know, I guess that's what's what's basically carried me through a lot. You know, I, 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 I don't know, I started smoking at a really 
late age. I think I was like 23 when I had my first cigarette. And my father was like, what are you doing? Like, I was like, I don't know. I want to try it. (laughs) You know, like, yeah. I'm like, oh, I haven't tried. Everybody else started in the teens and, you know, and I just wasn't that person. I was very... I was very focused as a teenager, I guess. I was very um, do the right thing. Um, Can I say anal on your show? (laughs) I'm so sorry. (laughs) Yes, you You know, a lot of people, I think in my teens, that's probably how they would have described me, you know, because I was very, my mom was a teacher, so she was very um, strict. And so was my father. So... My, my my outlook on things was like I can't do wrong, I can't mess up, I can't so when I got to like my my late, my mid 20s is when I started being a little bit more independent and just discovering who I was and what I wanted to do So going into a little bit about you, all these experiences, growing up in such a, a multi-dimensional family how did yeah. that sort of integrate with what you wanted to be when you grow up did that have any foundation and you deciding all right because of everything i've gone through this is what i want to be or were you like regardless of what i'm going through this is who i'm going to be no that that never had an impact on what i wanted to do (laughs) i'm laughing because it's it's literally the norm it's the status quo everybody thinks that's what it is with everyone Mm -hmm. but it's it's not i'm i've never been that way i've always been um, I've never been um, uh, I never looked at my past and been like oh I want to be an activist for blah 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 also I don't think I knew myself well enough you know growing up I just I was in the moment and we lived a very sheltered life from the rest of the world and you know our parents were very scared for us to even try to be activists god knows i didn't even know what a damn activist was until i was like in my late teens you know so my 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 choice of so to speak who i wanted to be or what i wanted to represent in this world came much later in my life I always describe myself as a late bloomer because I do everything really, really late in my life. Everything, you know. So I'm one of those people who firmly believe in if you want to change your career at 50, please, by all means, go ahead and do it. If you want to change of life at 50, 60, what are you like? Nothing stops you, you know, because I'm I'm one of those people. I did always want to work in media and entertainment. That was something that... The minute we got our first TV and I saw TV, I was like, I want to be inside that box. Like, that's what I want to do. Wow. I think I must have been like 12 or something. Where Was it a particular program that that you um, saw? And you're like, oh, that's what I want to do. No, I was just, I was fascinated by what that thing was. I was just like, first, I even used to ask my dad, how did the people get inside there? Like, you know, like <laughs> I was blown away and that's all I wanted to do. I didn't know that there were so many different avenues within media. All I knew was that there's this box and I wanted to be on it. I didn't understand that it comes with fame. It comes with responsibility. It comes with, I didn't understand all of that. I just knew that I wanted to be in that box. And it's just never changed. 
So talking yes. about you wanting to be inside this box, that brings me now, <laughs> <laughs> brings me into wanting to know more about the Big Brother cast. I know you probably talked about it so many, so many, so many times. But for anybody who has, um, who didn't know that you were on Big Brother, um, how did that come about? Just, you know, can give us a short version of that. And how did it affect your life while you were on it? Oh, it changed my life. It changed my entire life. Um, okay, so once again, this my dream was, of course, to be on the box, to be on television. And I moved when I, I moved out of the house at 21. I've always wanted to, since I can remember, I was a, in my mid-teens, and I always knew that I wasn't going to end up staying where I was. So with a little bit of research, I realized that Johannesburg is, you know, if you want your dreams to come true in entertainment and media, then that's the place that you need to be. So I moved out when I was 21 years old because I and I moved to Johannesburg and pursued my career. But I, I, I didn't pursue it immediately because I had a really, really great job, um, corporate job. And it was paying really well. And I, I think I was like 20. I was just about 21, going on 22, 23. And eventually, when I was, I think, 25, was when they, when they had the first Big Brother. But it was just South Africa. Um, and I, I did an audition for that. And then when I was 26 or 27, no, 26, yeah, um, they had the African Big Brother. And I said, you know what? screw it I am this is I'm gonna do this like I need to do this you know um and I went for the audition okay a rigorous audition at that it was so mind-blowing I never thought that it would be that intense like what um, did they ask you to do was it like a reading oh my gosh yeah yeah there was it was it was actually a few days of interviews. So basically it was the entire country and they were going to, they were selecting one representative for the whole country. Um, so it was open, open auditions for everybody who had to do an first an online application, which was like 50 pages long, first of all. So you had to get through that. I actually remember I stayed after work and I got home at like midnight that night just because I was so determined to finish this thing. I was just like, like, I'm doing this no! one way or the other. I am, yes, I'm doing it. Like, I don't care. We had to upload pictures, videos, like a whole bunch of stuff. So I literally just stayed at the office and did it that night. And then about a week or so later, I got a phone call asking me to come in for a physical interview. And I was like, cool. So went in for the interview and that was like face to face with like, uh, I don't know, just one of the people. And then they asked me to come back. And when I came back, it was a psychological test that we had to do. Actually, a series of psychological tests because they can't be putting in serial killers into the house. <laughs> like, totally Make sure you can keep your cool. <laughs> yeah, no, for real, you know? Yeah. So I did the, the psychological test. And then after the psychological test, we actually had to do some physical things, like physical tests. Um, it was, uh, but I don't know how to explain it. It was like basically to see how your mind works. You know, so it's like they'd give you three buckets of water with different levels of water in it and tell you that you can only empty it twice to get a certain level. You know what I'm saying? That type of thing, which I hated. I hated it because I couldn't do it. I hated it. Oh, my God. I hated it because my brain does not work that way. I was like, I suck at this. I'm not going to get this job. Damn it. <laughs> that <laughs> is it so like, funny. Fuck, 
it was so bad. I was just like, why? I'm not entering a freaking maths competition. Why do I have to do this? But they were like, mm-hmm. no, just chill. Like, I wasn't the only one complaining, so I don't feel too bad about that. Yeah. Now you started, you're in Big Brother, all these things are happening. You're surrounded by these people. Well, what were some of your greatest memories being in that house being around all those different personalities wow. and and cultures and languages that was yeah that was my first experience with outside south africa so to speak um so i told you earlier on about how my travels is basically what opened my mind and shaped who i am and that was my very first experience with that where i started discovering who i was because I had this understanding of what the rest of and South Africans who are not exposed are very um, ignorant about what the rest of the world is about, which a lot of people are. If you're not exposed, that's, that's just not aware, you know. Um, and I was one of those people, you know, where I had this stereotypical understanding of what the rest of Africa was like. And then when I physically got to meet these people, hang out with them, get to know them, I was like, shit, I'm the one who's actually ignorant, you know? Like, I'm the one who doesn't know stuff. I am the one. Because they knew so much about us, of of course, given South Africa's past and history, um, which the rest of Africa went through with us. um, You know, I wasn't aware of all of that. And then for me to sit down and have these beautiful conversations with these amazing people and them educating me and me educating them it was just such a beautiful exchange of information with each other and then also the thing that really excited me was when we actually had stuff in common that were the same like how we were raised you know how our parents would scream at us and I want the things our parents would say and that's when we realized how similar we actually all are you know like how your mom would like comb your hair so tight to school your eyes would be like tinies you know like I'm like, oh I'm not God. the only one who went through that. Oh, my God. You I know, feel like, like that is that is a passage <laughs> for every African child with any sort of curly, kinky hair. I swear <laughs> to God. I was just like, yo, I thought my mother was the only one. who. They were like, girl, no. Mm-mm. So, you know, but just these little things. And then the foods we ate, which was so similar. Oh, my gosh. That, yeah. for me, was such an eye-opener. I couldn't believe, you know... I mean, I don't eat red meat or pork now, but like, I remember how my mom used to make pork trotters for my dad, you know, and cause he used to love it. And these guys were like, oh my God, yeah, pig's feet. Yeah. I was like, ew, really? You guys eat it too? You know, I was like, didn't want to tell people that that's what my mom cooked, but kumbe, everybody eats it, you know? <laughs> Here you are feeling all types of embarrassment. Dude, I was just like, yo, pig's feet. I'm like, yo, we used to eat pig's feet too. What the hell, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it was just, I think that was it. Those were some of the really um, amazing highlights of being in that house was the self-discovery, the discovery of the other people, I never had a game plan how everybody thinks and, you know, I I will never forget how people always questioned me because when I got out of that house, everybody always said, oh my gosh, you really are this way. You really are the way you are. And I was like, what, how else did you expect me to be? They were like, no, we thought you were playing a game. We thought you were being fake. We thought, and I'm just like, no, this is... (laughs) This is me, Abby, all day, every day. Yeah, yeah. It's just who I am. I'm 
just a little African girl trying to make it just the way you are. I might just have my personality might just be a little bit more out there and I might be a little bit more expressive and more comfortable in my skin. But that's about it, man. Yeah, I'm just well, like you. Well, with that, like with that, you know, great experiences, was there any experience or any anything that you went through that you were just like, man, I never want to go through that again? on something that somebody who maybe wants to go into reality TV uh, can... Oh, I will never do Big Brother again. Oh, (laughs) ever. Ever. No. I would do other reality shows, maybe. But another Big Brother, the only way I would do Big Brother is if they, like, I have to go on as a guest or I have to stay two days or that's it. But I would never physically do the the competition again. Not, not for anything. I'd, I've grown so much. And I believe that it's it's something that you have to maybe, if you have the opportunity, you do it in your 20s, you know. Because mm. um, in our 20s, we don't really know what it is that we're doing. We're just about getting out of our teens. We just about know what it is that we want to do. We just about know who we are. But we're not really there. So... I think it's a, it's a really great experience for you to go and discover who you are and what it is that you want to do. I'm not saying that everybody has to do it. It's not for everybody. But, you know, I would never do it again. <laughs> I would never do it again. It's holiday season all over the world, and we wanted to crown our listeners with royal rags. We wanted to create merchandise that fits the woman connected to the continent and can financially contribute to the needs of pan-African young women and girls. That is why we have decided to donate a portion of proceeds to North Star Fund's Let Us Breathe grant that is investing in economic opportunities and racial justice in black communities. Visit www.tspring.com forward slash stores forward slash AQP to pick up a few additions to your closet and kitchen. That is www.teesprings.com forward slash S-T-O-R-E-S forward slash AQP. Step into the throne room with your host, Gloria Mangi. The last two years have been a whirlwind of some incredible wins for the multi-talented Abby. And so it wasn't a surprise to hear that she has secured a coveted position as the host for the second season of the very popular and highly rated EVIP series. And with, with that, what was something that you learned about celebrating African icons? Because you got to sit down with some phenomenal individuals oh who are just revolutionizing their you know Amazing their people. respective yeah. industries yeah so yeah. and and you, and you were doing it it's not like you haven't done things like you've done some phenomenal things yourself so you got to interact with these people on that level what was something yeah. that was that you learned that was so significant that you're like i will forever take this with me oh my gosh um is how normal they are (laughs) and their humility is something that really really stood out um more than anything yeah they're they've achieved amazing things they've done phenomenal things but because the interviews were so intimate and uh candid that it actually exposed a side to them that not many people get to see 
and they had an opportunity to just be real and just let loose and you know just just be honest about normal everyday stuff as opposed to constantly just talking about your career your achievements your goals your visions you know it was a little bit more authentic and i appreciated that i appreciated getting to see the other side um and just realizing that these people are just super normal you know yeah yeah and i think that's something It's, that we have to remember right that yeah we need to remember that these are people that we're watching who have feelings totally. who have emotions who cry who laugh who love totally. who hate totally yeah and sometimes it's just hard to normal do that. Yeah, just normal normal people. We, you know, sometimes we can go overboard and we can idolize people and put them on a pedestal not realizing that this person is exactly like how I am and it's going through if not more than what I'm going through actually because they have been blessed with so much more and to whom much is given much is required. So mm-hmm. if you have an opportunity to be at that point in your life, the universe requests and requires so much more from you in return. So it doesn't come for free. It, it comes at an expense. You know, and the fact that they are able to maintain their humility and their humanity more than anything in those situations, that to me is admirable. That to me is powerful. that to me is if anything what being african is all about not having to be compromised by what society has told us who we should be being a mother being a, a businesswoman working in media already i stick out like a sore thumb and people could look at that as being a downfall or I know a lot of women wouldn't opt for that because it's not the norm once again but that's just me it's who I am authentically it's it's what I I choose to be and who I choose to be and I just hope that I get to pass that on to my children it's not the easiest road in life to take but life is not easy So if it's already not easy, I don't see why I should slide through. You know. I like that. I like that. Yeah. And yeah. With all these celebrities that you've had opportunity to interview whether it was on radio or on TV uh-huh. or even just, you know, you met up with somebody and you talk, got a chance to talk to them. What yeah. or who is your favorite celebrity that you were just like, "Man, <laughs> I absolutely just Man, we kicked it, and, and it was like <laughs> we were at a Sunday barbecue, uh, you know, throwing back some drinks and just having a conversation. Was there anybody um, like that for you that just stood yeah, out? Yeah, quite a few, actually. Um, Shaggy is one of them. Uh, Shaggy yeah. is the coolest guy on the planet. Like, yeah. I can't even begin to describe to you how freaking cool he is. Like, he's just, if he was in a crowd of people and you didn't know who he was, you wouldn't know. because he's that guy you know he's easy he's chilled he's laid back he had you can have a normal conversation with him about normal stuff and it wouldn't be a problem like and he'll be entertained he'll entertain you such a cool guy um shaggy would be one of them whiz kid oh my gosh what a beautiful soul yeah what a beautiful soul i i don't think people realize how much 
pressure is on that little guy. But he maintains his humility. He maintains his integrity. He deals with so much crap. But at the end of the day, he's just the guy who, you know, he'll be in his house and he'll just be watching movies, listening to music, chilling, you know, smoking his joint. Like, it, he's not... He's not about the hype. He's not about. He's not about all of that. All of these flashy things, and you know, that's that's all for show. That's all. When he's at home, he's in sweats and sliders and a t-shirt, and <laughs> and he's he's completely one of the most chilled people. I maybe too chilled even. <laughs> yeah, probably like, <laughs> can you at least put some jeans on? <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, come through. <laughs> really? Like, bruh, you know? I think another person that I really connected with um, on a very spiritual level, I have to say, was Shay Shay. Uh, I had the most amazing conversations with her just about God and life and spirituality and your soul. Oh, these are my favorite types of conversations, Gloria, you know. So, um, and, you know, her, you know, when people are raw and open, you feel comfortable enough to share really intimate details of your lives with them. And I sh- spoke to her about my divorce and I spoke to her about my children and, you know, just about my past and life after divorce and all of that, you know. And she opened up to me about some very personal things in her life which showed me who she is and where her strength comes from and what makes her authentically African and proud and you know so I had the most amazing few days with her to be very honest with you you're more of the if when people are going this way you're like ah no I'm going to go this way kind very of person. True. I don't yeah. like following the crowd I do yeah. not just nope I'm not one of those people I don't like it. I don't know. I guess I just like to find out what's on the other side because if everybody's going there, then it can't really be that exciting. So, mm-hmm. and yeah, a lot of the times I get burnt. So, <laughs> and I'm the same. I'm the same way with men. I don't like the kind of men that everybody likes. I don't know. I don't necessarily look for the hottest, good looking men. You know, I am, I think I'm a sapiosexual. I'm more attracted to your mind than I am anything else. A sapiosexual. Yeah. Everything that you've gone through, what is something that you've learned about love? If somebody could say, Abby, speak to me about love. What is a key lesson that you've learned about love? Whether it's in friendship, whether it is in partnerships, whether it's in, you know, that relationship. Yeah. Something that you've taken away that you're like, you know what? If I ever do go into a relationship, this is what I want. And this is what I'm not going to compromise on or friendship even. Just don't give up on it. It's the one thing that in the old days was the thing that carried them through. Separation, divorce, breakups. You're no more my friend. (laughs) That never happened in the old days. You know, the only solution was you better make it work. Come hello high water. The only time I think that you do give up is if both of you really don't want it. 
But if it's just coming from one side, then that's not meant to to be to be split, I should say. I believe in not giving up. I'm divorced, but I'm saying that now because it's something that I believe no, don't get me wrong, I don't want to get back with my ex-husband, but it's like in the sense of you know that's what i'm saying like both people have to be like no we don't want this you know it has to come from like both of you have completely eliminated or can't go on anymore you know but i believe that when two people are firmly in love with each other and one becomes weak that is when it's the time for the other one to step in and be like i got this because the two of you know where you are so it's it's not easy it's not easy love is not easy i don't know where that notion came from with people where love is ah, it's all pretty and no it's not it has its moments for sure but it requires a lot of tolerance and a lot of patience and you have to decide not to give up on each other if you can like when you initially get together whether it's friendship whatever whatever love romantic whatever and you get together in the beginning and you the two of you make that decision no i want to be with you i want to be with anybody else then that is the role that you take on as an individual when you're weak i'm going to be strong when i'm weak you need to be strong that's just it and you need to stick it out you need to that's, stick it out that part that part right yeah. there yeah out. and there's something yeah. that even my 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 older brother um alpha he was telling me he was just like learn the difference between yeah. love and desire um you totally. may think you love oh. somebody but no you just desire them and yeah. when you truly love there there comes that component of like you touched on sacrifice and yeah. if you're not willing to sacrifice or that person's not willing to sacrifice for you then they don't love totally. you totally i don't regret and I, i hardly ever regret anything that i do because everything teaches me a lesson everything helps me grow whether it's a bad experience whether it's a good experience i always walk away with something that has taught me a lesson because that's what life is about Life is about us learning every single day, discovering, growing, evolving. This is what we're supposed to be doing in this world. Not just existing, not just living. You know, we're supposed to expand who we are to the greatest heights that we possibly can, no matter what that entails, whether it's you loving with your heart super open and it getting broken every single time, whether it's you failing at a job but still pursuing it every single time. You know, whatever it may be. Yeah. But like I like to describe it as we have to suck out the marrow of life, Gloria. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Guru Abby. Okay. <laughs> After such an engaging and enlightening conversation with Abby, I wanted to know in terms of her experience as a mother, entertainer, and businesswoman. What did the word queen mean to her? Oh, wow. Um I you know no offense to anybody but I've never really associated with that term queen and maybe that is an insecurity of mine because I don't see myself that way but I do think the highest 
way of when I as opposed to the word queen, but I do see myself wearing a crown. <laughs> if that means anything, you know? Uh-huh. It's like I don't know. I just think every single woman is powerful in her own way. I think that as as women we just have so much to offer even to the point we don't even know the power that we hold. Um and living every day pursuing pursuing that greatness is where our power lies. With exciting hush hush projects in the pipeline for 2019, including new content on YouTube and hints at a book, Abby is not showing any signs of slowing down. And even though her love life is moving a little slow, she did share with me before she left about someone she has been crushing on for a while. I am and I have been for many years in love with Pharrell Williams. Like, oh, for real? I am. Yes, I am. <sighs> oh my god, yeah. I believe Pharrell that, Williams. you know, in my head we're married. <laughs> I'm just like but we have an agreement with his wife that he can't see me right now. <laughs> you know, you don't mind being the other woman for now even though he doesn't yeah. even know he has another yeah. woman. <laughs> I'm like I'm good. I'm good. He'll come back to me one day. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah, I think yeah, Pharrell. Pharrell's kind of does it for me. He's oh. age appropriate. He's fun. He's just everything. Oh, okay. he's intelligent, he's smart. Oh, love it. Williams. So love it. That's it. Pharrell, that's you ain't going to Oh yeah, else. that's 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 my guy right there. Like right. Mm, nobody else. It's holiday season all over the world and we wanted to crown our listeners with royal rags. We wanted to create merchandise that fits the woman connected to the continent and can financially contribute to the needs of pan-African young women and girls. That is why we have decided to donate a portion of proceeds to North Star Funds Let Us Breathe grant that is investing in economic opportunities and racial justice in black communities. Visit www.teespring.com/stores/aqp to pick up a few additions to your closet and kitchen. That is www.tee s p r i n g dot com forward slash s t o r e s forward slash a q p. Thanks for listening to Queen Things with Gloria Mangi. This podcast is a show from the award-winning organization African Queens Project, which you can visit at www.africanqueensproject.org to catch up on the latest news, interviews, and content of inspirational women who are taking the world by storm. I'm your host, Gloria Mangi. This show was produced by Ngozi Ahanotu with music from Rock Angel by Yokim Karud, Cloudy by Kadamwa, Underneath the Christmas Tree by Mayu, Somewhere Nature by Simon Moore. Season 1 of Queen Things is available anywhere you listen to podcasts.